This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. As the Nationals are a strike away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! Oh, great crossover. Got Just left Fournier. <laughs> hey, that's called getting put on skates. Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh, handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans. Covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Hello and welcome to another live episode of the DC Crossover, episode 137. I am Ben Simpson. That is Mike Cerrone. And this is what we're going to be doing here in 2023, I think. We're going to be doing more and more of these live shows, uh, so that way we can get all you guys to engage via Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all the different channels we stream on, uh, as well as check out the clips of this show on TikTok later on. Uh, DC Crossover Podcast is the TikTok. Uh, So uh, a lot of good clips from last week we did our end of the year show. Hey, it's the Preds. And hey, look who it is. It's the Predators. There there's our guy <laughs> or, or girl, we don't know which, but uh the Predators for those who who don't know, we've talked about it on the show. Uh leave some really nice comments for us over over the time. And and he di- they disappeared yeah. for a while. Where, where you been? There they go. The Predators back. Appreciate. Pre- it. Predator, Appreciate we want to know where you're listening you from. Uh yeah, man sure, or woman. Sure some sort of information. Give us uh don't no, not your exact home address, <laughs> but feel free to let it, let us know uh, how you found the show. And and again, you can comment just like the predators did uh, on any of those platforms, and we'll share them throughout the show as well. Big show today, a lot to get to. Um, we do have our uh, our resolutions for the DC teams for the new year, so we're going to be talking a little bit of uh, resolution talk. Uh, of course, we will be also talking about this collapse of the commanders and, uh, you know, uh, also a, a new mascot <laughs> that we will be right. talking about in a moment as well. Before we get to that, Mike, I did want to ask at the top of the show, uh, by the way, there's a new background uh, for those who oh, are yeah. watching this live. There you see, I, I threw some, a lot of things that I felt like, uh, you know, uh, are relevant to mm-hmm. us, a lot of Food items. I, I threw some logos in there, some little little Debras. Little Debra. Uh, there's a chicken sandwich in there. I'll keep tooling around with it. That was just my first uh, run through with the background. Yeah. So we'll, we'll add to it uh, as we go. We forgot Antimans. We, we, Rest in peace, Antimans. Yes. And Mr. Antimans. Yeah, I see, <laughs> I see Tasty Cake on there. I don't see Antimans on there. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll add to it for right. sure. Uh, because, yeah, this is this is. The new live video element. We also have some video clips to play today on the program. Um, but, Mike, I did want to ask, so new year, new you, any any immediate changes to 
anything here, diet wise, exercise, any 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 sort of things that we know we're just gonna. I feel I, I feel like I mean, you like asked me that every episode. Like, hey, how's the diet going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. I do ask. You know what? I want to ask you a question of when someone buys a Peloton or you know, like a Peloton treadmill. Like Peloton's coming out with every device now. When right. when when someone buys one of those, is that like cheating? Because the the thrill of trying to work out and everything like that is trying to actually go to the gym. That's the first step. Not oh, I'm gonna come home and then you know change it to some basketball shorts or whatever, then go to the next bedroom over. Like I just think, but but that's way better. It so is why way would better. I, I get understand the car that and drive to the gym. But Peloton, I mean, they make these damn things so damn expensive. They're making me go well, to, to to the gym, and then these other people who get, they just walk out of their bedroom. And they're like, I'm ready to rock and roll. They man, I wish I could. I wish I could afford a Peloton. I think the thinking is in the long run, whatever you paid for the Peloton, you know, you would. Uh, over time, save on what you would have paid for a gym membership. I, I mean, think, I, like, I, get some of the, I get it. I get it. But it's just for me. I, Plus, you don't have to, like you said, you know, you can just be in your underwear. Exactly. You know, like working out, not have to worry about anybody actually looking at you shirtless. Because that's like when you're big guys like Mike and I, I mean, that's part half the battle of going to the gym is like, I'm the fat guy going to the gym, you know, like that's that's part of the, the issue. Uh, and especially around January, you can't be the the big guy in the gym at G- in January yeah. because you know like everybody's all mad that you're there because you're taking up machines from the the regulars and everyone is looking at you knowing like hey this guy's there gonna be is. here for a month and a half and then he's gonna be throwing in the towel so yeah I, there there's a lot of pressure around the in the live gym experience for the big fellas. yeah I think that honestly the biggest uh I wouldn't say gripe, but I think the biggest challenge for people trying to get in shape, um, obviously, it's cold. Right now, it's actually not that cold, which is funny because they said it was going to be a terrible winter, and all that we had is like one four-day span of like freezing temperatures. Uh, I haven't seen a speck of snow, but I think the biggest thing is the first week because when you look at the first week, it, it, it's always, oh, I have to go to the gym, and then I'm so hungry later because obviously, you haven't trained your stomach to get smaller because you can have smaller portions. Like after the first week when you're like, oh yeah, I'm not that hungry or whatever. Then you're like, okay, I don't have to sit there and, and find a snack after I just ate an hour ago. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and that's the biggest thing is I think that's the, the, the biggest uh, issue that I usually have is the first week. Now it, it's going to be tough because I'm trying to get back in the swing of things of work and everything like that because winter break now is over. Um, and, uh, Fairfax County is now going back to school tomorrow. Um, so that's not going to be great. Um, but at the sole, the sole fact that, you know, I, I have Jess is, is, she's saying the same thing. Like, she's like, all right, this new year, new me. Like everyone else says new year, new you. That's so, the, that's the move. That's yeah. what you, you announce in January. And then, you know, by the time May rolls around, I feel like we all tap yeah. out like that. That's kind of how it works. Well, well, the big thing I think also though is especially working in the school system. Now, I know that working in the school system, some of these kids, they just wear you the hell out. So the problem right, is right, that right. when we get home, it's always like, man, I just want to take a nap. And especially last year. Last year, my schedule was, was, was hell. So literally, I came home and took naps all the time. That's probably why I was so out of shape over the last year uh, is because I took naps all the time because I was so exhausted. Um, but now it's like when you get off work, you just have to keep moving. That's the biggest thing. You can't stop because when you, once you stop, you're like, I'm out. I'm checked out. So that's my goal is to maybe, you know, try to figure out a little bit more exercise during the day at work. But then also when I come home, run over to the gym at my complex and just, you know, knock out something real quick and then figure out something. But I don't know. We'll see. No, like I said, any yeah. changes? Not really. I, I still. No. <laughs> so dude, it sounds like you're I the exact four, I, I ate four cinnamon same. rolls last night. I'm not going to lie. Uh, oh, uh, that sounds fantastic. So, At night, dude, too. So it was a nighttime cinnamon so, roll. So uh, just a side note, my um, one of my students, they uh, for all the teachers, uh, or all the teachers that their kid has, um, because I'm a specialist, I get them all the time, too. And there's a big rack of like eight cinnamon rolls that I think they make somehow they like pre-make them or something like that because all it is is they're frozen and then you have to pop them in the the oven for like 15 minutes at 375 or whatever and they come out like fresh as a daisy and it's unbelievable 
Dude, it's it's a weird thing. Like, it's not like a Costco bit or anything like that. It is unbelievable. I mean, dude, these cinnamon rolls last night, I just wanted to put them in front of me and just keep eating them. But I, I had to save one for Jess because she, she fell asleep because uh, we were watching the Steeler game for her. Um, and the funny thing was is that she fell asleep right after the game ended. I'm sitting there, like, you know, just digging in, watching Last Chance You by myself. And I said, I have to save some. Cinnamon something. rolls, Last Chance You. New year, man. New I year. Mean, like, <laughs> some people are like, hey, it's January 1st. Let me, uh, you know, let me let me not eat a cinnamon roll. But you you went right Someone into it. A- you know? One of my buddies asked me, like, hey, Mike, have you worked out in 2023? I said, seeing as it's only been one day, no, I haven't. <laughs> like, no. Like, Dude, relax. And you said that with a full full oh, mouthful of uh, oh, cinnamon yeah. rolls. That's oh, for man, sure. I got two. I got two uh, more. By the way, pause off tonight before I have to work out tomorrow. Uh, I mean, that sounds that sounds incredible. I, I'm highly jealous. So if you do want to join the conversation, of course, you can drop a comment on any of the channels, uh, uh, just like we uh, did on the last week's show. A lot of lot of activity yeah. on that program. Uh, if you didn't check out our our Festivus episode, feel free to go back and watch it again. It, it, you can watch the the replay. Uh, talked a lot of food talk. That was the majority of the talk, but that's what the show is about. Let's hit the rewind machine. A chance to go back and listen to, or a chance to go back and discuss uh, what happened in the previous week in DC sports. And we will start with the Washington Nationals again. Not a ton uh, to talk about there, uh, with it being so still in the off season. But Tanner Rainey. Uh, is uh, coming back to the Nats, a one-year contract, as well as Erasmo Ramirez, as I, I talked about last time on the show. And then the big news today, uh, the Nats sign infielder. This isn't big news. Michael Chavis, uh, former Red Sox uh, and then Pirate, uh, signed him to a minor league deal. So it's one of those situations where it's like you sign him to a minor league deal, you see if he can win a job out of camp. This is a rebuilding team, so you're kicking the tires on some of these guys. And so that is what the Chavis sighting is all about. This is a guy that had a lot of high hopes and really uh, did not get the job done last year hitting 229. So not, not that great of a player. Let's move on to the Washington Capitals, Mike, which we were talking about a couple weeks ago. We're like, man, this team's dead in the water. They're not looking good. This might be a rough season. They're right back in things now. Third place in the Met in the Met. No doubt about it. Obviously the caps, you know, they had a lot of injuries going uh, on for about a, two or three weeks span, but then they started getting some guys back and now they're on a roll. They beat the Rangers on Tuesday for nothing. Darcy Kemper with 32 saves. Good to see him back in action and kicking some ace. Sixth straight road win. Johansson, Gustafson, Eller, and Shiri all with goals. So goals all around. And then on Thursday, a heartbreaker to Ottawa. That game should have easily, I had money on this game too, almost hit the correct score. I actually had it four to two and it would have it would have paid out, I think, uh, 12 to one which would have been really nice, uh, but that didn't happen. Uh, so they lost to Ottawa 4-2 in overtime. Caps led by two goals at one point. Uh, the Senators scored one minute and 31 seconds into overtime. Ovi did score his 803rd goal. It's kind of hard to say 803rd goal because it's going to keep rising. Uh, but then after that disappointing loss on Saturday, they just laid the wood to Montreal. 9-2 on Saturday. Ovi with his 30th hat trick in his career. Now 88 goals back of Wayne Gretzky. And Charles Lindgren goes in there with 31 saves. It's kind of funny, though. You think about it and say, there's no way Ovi's not going to catch Gretzky. I mean, at this pace, I mean, this guy is going out there. He scored four goals in the last two games, and he's like 57 years old. I mean, let's be honest here. This guy is not stopping. But moving on to another team that is actually on a nice little run themselves, the Washington Wizards. Yeah, the Wiz kids have been solid of late, uh, 17 and 21 now. 10th place in the Eastern Conference, but they've really battled back from a really bad uh, beginning of December for sure. Uh, So they beat the Sixers on Tuesday, 116-111. KP with 24 points, Bradley Beal with 19. Uh, Beat the Suns on Wednesday, 127-102. Rui Hachimura has been on fire, and he matched his career high with 30 points in that one. KP and Kuz with 22 points each. Uh, Beating the Magic on Friday, 119-100. Uh, KP, great game, 30 and 13. Uh, Kuz, 23. Beal, 16. And then beat the Bucks. Shorthanded Bucks. I mean, there's no Giannis, no Drew Holiday, no Chris Middleton. Uh, five straight wins now for the Wiz Kids. Rui, 26 points in that one as the Wizards again continue uh, to just dominate right now. I mean, it's good to see. Obviously, it's a long season. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, still time for them to move 
up. I mean, I still said at the beginning of the season, hey, this feels like a top eight team in the East. Right now they sit in 10th. It's still possible, uh, but we'll see. And by the way, before we move on, we do have a, a, a question here from the, the Predators. Again, you guys feel free to drop in your questions. How do you feel about the Ohio State-Michigan games? Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about it a little bit later in the final lap, but uh, just initially, I mean, some people are saying some of the best semifinal games we've ever seen. I mean, the TCU game obviously was absolutely nuts. I mean, the scoring was unbelievable. Uh, and then you have the Ohio State game where uh, all I was thinking Ohio State was going to be able to pull it out. And, you know, the missed field goal, obviously, Georgia stays on. And now I think Georgia is going to take it all at this point. Um, but, yeah, crazy, crazy semifinal. Well, it was crazy that the Michigan game actually went over 90 points. I mean, that was just insane. Um, but uh, I think the best part about those two games is during the Georgia game, I never felt that Georgia was out. I think Georgia was playing well on offense. They just had a couple missteps to the point that Ohio State ended up uh, capitalizing on those missteps. But then Ohio State kind of lackluster and kind of just, just stayed in that one little, like, like we like to call it no man's land, like we're going to talk about a little bit later uh, for a different topic. But right. you're looking at it and saying they were like, all right, we just have just enough points that Georgia's still kind of in it. And then Georgia came back. And the best part about it was I was texting you about this, that I literally laid down $15 in three different time increments because I was betting on Georgia when they were down by a lot. When they were down by whatever was 14 or whatever, I bet on Georgia to win the first half uh, in the first half. And, of course, they didn't end up doing that because the kicker missed a kick. But uh, then I ha also had the uh, the uh, money line for Georgia, and that ended up cashing $5 for 20 so that was good. Um, but overall, that was fun. I'm telling you right now, I love seeing shootouts in these playoff games because defensive battles are just boring. Uh, you know, but I, I love defensive battles sometimes every now and then it's kind of like a pitching duel when it comes to baseball. I like that kind of stuff, but when it comes down to these big type of games, I want to see a shootout. And I think that's what we're going to see, uh, when TCU takes on Georgia, because Georgia's defense is great, but Ohio state kind of probably gave them a little bit of a playbook to go with TCU, especially because TCU is a big high flight offense as well. Christy Mills Perry watching the Rose Bowl right now, tied up at half 14, 14 Penn state. And Utah, yeah, that Tulane-USC game was nuts today, too. Uh, crazy, crazy college football games, and that's what we love to see. I mean, you want it to be fun and exciting, like you said. Like, you don't want it to necessarily be blowouts. You want to see some tight games. You also want to see some high scoring. So we definitely got that, that's for sure. Uh, let's move into the – one. Of, it's got to be one of the few times we're talking about these guys for the rest of the year. Or, well, it's about to be, start 2023. What am I talking about? But – uh, this season is, is a lost season. Let's talk about it. The oh, man. The Commanders, of course, uh, losing to the Browns 24-10. Uh, Carson Wentz, three picks in this one. Uh, a lot to, to be unhappy about. But let me, let me start us on a lighter note, Mike, because... I'm going to, I'm going to, and, and this is for all the people watching on the video. Wait, should we start on a Here lighter is, note or should, should we go on a, uh, end on a lighter We got to start on oh, a lighter okay, note. That's fine. No, we, we got to start, start on a lighter note. We got to show <laughs> off. We got to show off. This is our guy here now. Major, Major Tutty. Major Tutty. There he is. Strutting his stuff. He's got the helmet on. He's got the, uh, the gold pants or sorry, the, the, the red pants with the, the trim there. He's walking around. Major Tutty, the new mascot, Mike. <laughs> there he is, uh, greeting some fans. I just I don't understand it a little bit. I mean, I understand like the hogs. See now, now he's now he's like beating his chest, like his big stomach. I just, yeah. I'm a little confused. I'm a little confused uh, by the mascot. Now, some people are like, "Oh, I love Major Tutty," and it's it's getting kind of it's kind of creepy when they say that because I've heard like most people say it like that. It's, it's like, what do you what do you love about him? I mean, oh, do like, you want to go down the pros and cons? Well, yeah, it's like, what well, I mean, okay, so obviously he's a reference to the yeah. Hawks, right? Yeah. Like obviously, so it's like okay. And then is the major part because it's the commanders now, so we're we're it's like a military theme, so we're saying major. Tutty. Yeah, so they went with major the... Tutty, and they had the helmet on and everything like that. But I just think it's kind of it looked kind of weird. Like they 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 boosted it up like it was some crazy uh, you know reveal. 
But then, like, I, I I don't know why the I know it's a pig, it's a hog or whatever. But like the jersey uh, is like padded, like he has a big gut and stuff like that, and he's like smacking his gut. It's, it's not the Phillies fanatic. Like, let's be honest here. It's it, it's supposed to be. Wouldn't you like that hog to be like? It's getting kind of weird. Uh, would you like that pig to be, to be like like ripped, like some like jacked up like pig? <laughs> like I don't know. I, I yeah. I, no, I I get I get like what something you're saying. that's like, like that's, that's like it seems powerful, not just some pig in a in a football uniform. Now, yes, well, first they had off, the hog ads and everything like that. But let's be honest here. I just think it's kind of. I mean, first odd. off, he's pretty creepy looking too. <laughs> let's 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 not forget that we're not getting some nightmares from from looking at him um but it's also you know i i i agree with you it's like if we're trying to so there's different sides to this right like obviously the the mascot is going to be more for like the kids and the family like appearances so but at the same time it's like it just feels like another kind of weird embarrassing thing for this now look we're not taking this too seriously we're not saying like this is at the same level of some of the other like the the sean taylor quote-unquote statue or pile of sticks or whatever that was uh you know we're not saying it's at that level um but i just feel like this is yet another kind of thing where it's like man we couldn't have crowdsourced this a little bit more we couldn't have gotten some more opinions from guys because uh i just i don't i don't know he's according to here's here's tutty's bio uh his bio let me find this yeah he's he's well first of all he's supposed to be six five two thirty According to his bio, which I mean, that's that's uh, not true, right? <laughs> like, there's no way he's six five two thirty. Was that a quarterback like let's that? See, he is a muscular six five two thirty. Okay, he's not muscular. Yeah, we, we I just, that just addressed that. With exaggerated features that are anatomically similar to the animal, including a large belly, snout, and cloven hooves. Uh, major, obviously, from the military tie. Tutty is a slang football term from teach uh, from touchdown. Okay, we all know that. Uh, key elements of Major Tutty's personality includes being a prankster, a mud roller, the life of the party, a protector, and a foodie. This is uh, that sounds like you, Mike. This You're is jeez. Uh, this is uh, what? What is uh, this? Like, who, who came up with? Oh, let's give this 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 uh, mascot like a, a make him a person. Like oh, he's from Upper Marlboro, Marlboro, Maryland, for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. That's what it says. It says hailing, but it, it makes a joke. It says Upper Mall. I can't even say these words. Marlboro, Marlboro. but it says Boro, B O A R O, as the joke. Oh, oh. Sneaky, uh, sneaky. Major Tutty has a lifelong love for all things DMV, including Goku music and Mambo sauce wings. Mambo uh, sauce wings is so, so. overrated. Yeah, I, I actually kind of agree with you. I just don't. Um, I just don't understand it. Like they're trying to make. Uh, honestly, this mascot reveal was, and, and I didn't even think it was that great. Was ten times better than our friend Doug Williams. You know, sitting there ta- talking about hugging commanders and stuff like that. Because honestly, when you found out what the new team name was, what what was the initial reaction? Well, the reaction was, you know, I'm going to hug, I'm going to hug Commander, you know, because that's what we are, and, and we got to go forward with it, and uh, I, I do like the name. It's, it got a good sound to it, Washington Commanders, so uh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. A major t- I, 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 whoa. There he is. There's Craig. Uh, Craig coming back. Um, that, that, that's how Doug Williams, you know, that's the first thing I could think of when I took a picture with Doug Williams, literally at the game a couple weeks ago. Was that clip of him just just said oh, yeah. the hug the hug the hug the hug commanders? Yeah. You should have been like Doug. We play that clip too much <laughs> every single show. Well, I told my family because obviously it was before Christmas. I literally told my family that <laughs> Doug looked like when I took a picture with him. Gary Clark sitting like, "Hey man, why don't you stand next to Doug?" And I was like, "All right, that's fine." I looked up at Doug, and he looked like he had no idea what planet he was on. Like he just like didn't even know right. where he was at. It was it was I mean it was out of this world. But like. Major Tutty and stuff like that. I just think they're trying to make this seem like it's some cute and fun thing and everything like that. Like, before, we had Chief Z. That guy was iconic. Just like Fireman Ed and sure. all those type of guys. But you're looking at uh, – now you, Now we got a, a, a pig, and, you know, I don't, I don't even know, man. It's just all out of this – it's all out of this realm. Like I'm just, like, lost at this point. 
as Justin Waddell saying, yeah, we've turned into such a joke organization. I mean, it's true. It, it's it's this team and this organization. I feel like has not there hasn't been a, a thing lately in the last like couple of years where it's been like this is a really cool thing the Commanders did or you know Washington football team did you know before right. that and that sort of thing like there hasn't been uh, a, a shining moment for this team it feels like every single thing that happens every single time they're in the news cycle it's either for something like heinous on the dan snyder side of things or it's something that the rest of the league is laughing at the team about like major tutty uh which is yeah it's just like what are we doing if if, if they get a new owner so stupid and they rebrand this team like the wolves or something like major tutty is just gonna be He's not going to be there anymore. What's going to happen to that guy? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I want to know. Hey, it might be in the shrine next to the the coat hangers. Uh, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. And then, <laughs> so we go from the lighter side to the not so light side. Yeah. And and I I want to get into the Ron Rivera stuff uh, at the top because okay. um, he did have his uh, post game uh, his his conference today where he was walking back what he had said in in the previous day and all those listening to the show know what happened but still you know basically Ron Rivera um you know was was told basically by Grant Paulson that uh the team could was eliminated right. and Ron Rivera seemed to express um confusion <laughs> and, and that he did not realize that that was a possibility uh so he's walked back so here's the quote from uh from him today that he, where he's kind of like walking back what happened or, or providing some sort of excuse. Uh, he said, I know I made a little bit of a gaffe yesterday, not realizing that we could get knocked out of the playoffs, but to be honest with you, I never thought we would lose. I was anticipating winning. I was anticipating getting our game flex to Sunday at 8.30. Um, which is just, to me, it's just like such a cop-out excuse, like to say like, oh, I don't pay attention to anything but winning. It's like, but that's not just your job. Your job is everything. Your, the winning is part of it, but it's also to know this is a must-win game. Like, so does that mean going into this game, Ron Rivera was not necessarily realizing that this was a must-win game, which is a little alarming. I mean, I know, like, I think Ian Rappaport tweeted out today, like, I don't see why this is a big deal, and it's like this is a big deal because your job is to know this stuff. This is you're getting paid millions of dollars to know this stuff. And to be on top of every scenario, and you don't necessarily have to talk about it all to the media all the time, but you should know internally, like, all right, if we lose this game today, there's a chance we could be eliminated. Like, you know, these are all the scenarios that are happening here uh, because he's being asked questions about quarterback situation for next week. And he's like, yeah, I don't know yet. We're going to think about it. It's like, well, the season's done, man. So, I, I mean, you, you got to know this stuff. I, I feel like it's, it's embarrassing. It is another embarrassment for Rivera and for the team. My biggest gripe, and just as you mentioned, he is in charge of so much in this organization. Now, when Dan Snyder hired him, he basically gave him the keys of the kingdom, just like he did with Mike Shanahan. The exact same situation. They basically gave the keys of the kingdom and said, hey, you go get your personnel, you go get this, you go get that. You do all this kind of stuff. But the problem is is that, just like you mentioned, it's kind of ridiculous that you don't know the scenarios of this, you're in your office or in the the locker room or or whatever, wherever you're at during the week consistently. Yes, we have jobs. Yes, we're going to do things. But everyone like us knows that. Yeah, we're not game planning and whatnot. But you don't think that he saw a tabloid or something on TV that said, oh, this is the scenario that the commanders need to get through to the playoffs or the scenario that, oh, they could get actually eliminated. Now, I will say, granted, I did not know they could get eliminated this past week, but that was – But you're not the president of the organization. I mean, because when they – We're not president. You know what I mean. But but when they said, like, oh, this is the elimination situation, because I wasn't really thinking about that. Now – Sure. He, it's his job. He should be thinking about that. Yeah. He should be thinking about scenarios. Or he should be having people around him whose job is to think about that and to let him know right. about that situation. Like it, it doesn't necessarily have to all be on him, but it also just reflects badly on everyone around him. Like, why is an assistant not mentioning that to him? Or like, why is that not in his notes that he's getting? Or I don't know. It's like, why to have that happen at the press conference? Is look, bottom line, is it is it the biggest deal in the world? No. But 
it is not something to just gloss over. It's not something to just be like, ah, no big deal. Don't worry about it. It's like, no, your head coach had to be told by a reporter that the team could be eliminated from yeah. playoff contention. Like, that's not a good thing. Well, I, I just think that and I saw someone say it on Twitter. One of the good things I saw on Twitter over the last, uh, I guess you could say, two weeks. Yeah, what a disaster. I fell into the abyss of Facebook this time, bud. Uh, so that was so oh, that was hor- horrible. Um, I was out in Pittsburgh and I just I, I couldn't stop. I couldn't sleep, so I sat. Oh yeah, I know. Uh, I, I, I've yeah, seen. It, it. Oh, it was bad. <laughs> um, it was bad. I felt bad for myself for doing it. Um, but uh, I just think that the one good thing that I saw on Twitter is that this one person mentioned that, and it wasn't really a great comment. I mean, it was just a normal comment, but it it just made me laugh because they said we want to get these old codgers out of here and get some new blood, and that made me laugh because it's like. Every single coach that we keep bringing in here is, is is some old bag that has been in football since like the 70s. I mean, literally, right. and we're going to get into it here in a minute. Um, someone that I was <laughs> discussing with on Facebook compared Taylor Heineke to Bart Starr. And I started laughing about it because I'm like, Bart Starr was in football in like the 60s. Like my parents weren't even born when Bart Starr was playing. So it was just, it was just right. funny to me because – you think about those type of coaches and how this game has evolved. You can name so many coaches out there. I mean, just look at the coaches that have come out from our organization's tree: Kevin Stefanski, Kevin O'Connell, Sean McVay. Uh, you know, then you could you could also include Shanahan in there. I mean, that's four right there. I just named the top of my head. I mean, or Matt Lafleur. There's five. There's five guys that came out of our organization that are probably what under 45 years old, maybe under 40 years old. I'm not exactly sure what ages they are. But Ron Rivera has to be in his mid-60s or something like that, right? Low 60s. It's like football is evolving to, you know, how they said, like, oh, it's a passing attack league. It's this. It's that. Whatever you want to do. But, like, they want to try to sit there and, and use these old tactics and have a terrible play caller and all these different things to the point where you're looking at this, this, this staff and just saying, what are we doing? Like, Jack Del Rio fell on his face yesterday after having multiple great weeks. His defense started falling apart because he had two, you know, secondary guys out that are key contributors. John Allen gets hurt in the second quarter or whatever it was. So you're looking at it and saying he couldn't adjust. And it's like we've been saying that about Ron Rivera for years now. He can't adjust at halftime. And overall, it it, it takes, what, maybe a, a good stretch of six weeks for him to save his job? Like, it's like, this is just ridiculous at this point. I just think it's getting kind of old. Yeah, and, and this is, and I, I, I disagree with EB all the time on, on some of his tweets, but so he's talking about, you know, the counter argument is Ron coached to win anyway. So, like, you know, because he's been, he was very fired up about this whole situation about Ron, uh, you know, not knowing that and stuff. And he says, the answer to that is in elimination games, you throw everything you got at them. Does anyone on the planet think they tried every possible permutation to win that game? Every personnel combo, every blitz, et cetera? I do not. So, you know, that that side is if Ron is just saying, hey, you know, we're, I, I'm, you know, all I thought about was winning. All I'm trying to do is win the games. Then they you know, you could watch that game and be like, are you sure? Because there was not a lot of creativity out there. There was not necessarily an all-hands-on-deck attitude, it seemed like, on, on the sideline. And th- there there's definitely a lot of mistakes made yeah. uh, that this t- the team continues to make. It continues to just be awful. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. You're right on the assistant side of things. And you know, let's let's we got to talk about it. We won't spend a ton of time, but we got to talk about it, Mike. We got to talk about this Wentz Heineke stuff, and let let's set the record straight from from uh, for for once and for all. Here is um, Mike and I are not Carson Wentz stands here. We've we've we have just said repeatedly on the show that we felt like he would be the better option over Taylor Heineke. Does that mean we think uh, Carson Wentz is the best quarterback in the league? No, of course not. Do we think he's even in the top 15 quarterbacks in the league? No, I don't think so. But uh, we do think that he gave the team the best chance to win. And, of course, obviously, there's no defending the performance the, uh, the other day. Like right. Three picks just look bad. Really only had a couple nice moments. Like We're not here to say, like, make excuses oh, for no. him. But I just want to be clear that, like, just because – we don't think Heineke is the guy. Doesn't necessarily think mean we think Carson Wentz is the guy either. I mean, they're both pretty bad at this point. I mean, you're looking at it and just saying that people 
are irrational. And this is my biggest gripe that I have with this whole entire discussion, conversation that everyone wants to have. People are irrational because we've been so desperate for quarterbacks that he brings excitement to the position. Now, the defense kept us in these games for so long. But the problem is that I see is that everyone likes to say, oh, what's the win-loss record like we've been mentioning for weeks? But the problem is, is they keep saying the win-loss record, but they don't realize what's the, I mean, what has he done for us lately going 0-2-1? So that's the reason. Everyone wants to say that he got benched because of the San Francisco game. No, 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 no. He didn't get benched for the San Francisco game. He got benched because he had two big, huge games against a division rival and could only muster up what was it, uh, 16 points in both those games, or 15 points average? And one of those games was at home with two weeks to prepare, prime time, light shining in a terrible stadium with the house packed, and he could only muster up 12 points. Oh, well, the refs lost that game. No, they didn't. Okay, the refs lost the game in the final seconds. You had 58 minutes and 27 seconds or whatever it was to score more points, and you didn't do that. You let up a fumble, scoop and score to Thibodeau. And it's just, I just think it's bad because, again, people are irrational because they love, again, as I want to say, the moxie and the gamer attitude and all right, this kind of right. stuff that the spark he brings to the bench. Yeah, it, it's, it's because I saw a comment the other day and someone said, like, oh, Taylor deserves a big bag of money. He saved Ron's job twice. It's like, Last year he was seven and nine. I just don't understand it. Okay, last year and everyone wants to say, oh, well, you know, you know, Carson Wentz choked last year against the Jaguars, and it's like, yeah, he had uh, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor ran for like eighty yards when he was averaging like hundred and twenty. Right. Okay, so it's not just him, and also he doesn't play defense. So it's like the guy that throws twenty-seven touchdowns and seven picks. They made the move to go get him. Okay, and everyone's like, "Well, we could have got him because they were gonna, they were gonna, uh, uh, they were gonna cut him." It's like, okay, now they're making excuses and like what if situations. But the problem is, is that like you said, we're not against Taylor Heineke. I love watching him play. I think he gives a, a, a boost of entertainment, as everyone wants to say, the spark. You know, everyone wants to say that, but sparks don't last long. That's the problem. And I even said it myself on Twitter that you don't understand that when you want to say we're gonna ride the hot hand. That means you're going to ride the hot hand until it goes cold, and then you're going to make a different decision. And while he was winning games and we were having some fun and we won five of six, that was great. But the problem was is once the hot hand started faltering a little bit and we went 0-2-1, it was time to make a change. And also, the secondary option of this, which I know you agree with me in this, we didn't know if we were going to re-sign him for next year for a obviously different contract. We're not going to pay him $30 million, let's be honest here. But no. you're looking at it and saying – if he would have went out there and performed like I thought he might this past week, and then next week against Dallas goes out there and performs again and leads us to the playoffs the last two games, plays well, then we could say, all right, maybe we'll sign him for $15 million a year or something like that. But now that's out the window. Okay, punt, no. the, yeah, punt the draft pick or whatever we gave away. Who cares? Okay, we, already, we got Cam Curl in the seventh round. We can find guys in those later rounds. It's not that big of a deal. We actually tried to go out and get a quarterback. So that's the biggest thing that I like what the organization did for once is that they actually went and made an effort. They didn't draft some guy, you know, uh, because Dan Snyder's son went to high school with him. You know, it's like it's like they didn't draft him because of some weird reason, but they actually tried. They gave effort. And that's one of the reasons why Carson Wentz should have gotten the opportunity to start. And I still think it's funny how all these reporters and stuff like that like, man well, we care about the team i cannot believe they took heineke up like it's just it's just irrational like people don't get it and they always want to sit there and compare i had some guy you know forward me an article that was written by a, a, a blog that was like back when heineke had two wins when he beat the the packers and some other team he's like oh this this, this blog proves everything that heineke's so much better than Wentz. heineke dreams in his dreams he dreams of throwing 27 and 7 like carson Wentz did last year in indy he dreams of that but the problem is you see him go last year and everyone forgets about last year anyways I'm, I'm done with my tangent, but the biggest thing is that people just need to stop being irrational and understanding that he's a backup quarterback. Everyone loves him in his area, but they don't want him as a starter. That's the main key. We don't want him as a starter, but we want him with the organization because everyone is loving 
his performances when he comes in there as a spark for an injury or something like that. No one loves him to go out there and start 16 games and go 7-9 and nine or something like that because that's just average, and that's what this team has been for years. And then one last note here, of course, we're talking about uh, you know next week and stuff, and yeah, it seems to be, uh, and I agree with this, a lot of people are saying that Sam Howell, you might as well, I mean, you're out of contention, yep. might as well see, not that this is a, a be-all, end-all, but his, uh, the question posed here is, what would Sam Howell have to do to convince you that a QB isn't a need this offseason? Um, I mean, I, I, to me, I think, you know, I don't think Sam Howell having a good game in, uh, against the Cowboys here to end the year is suddenly going to be like, oh, we've got our guy. So I, I think this team should be hunting regardless right, uh, right. for the quarterback position. But it would, be, it would be nice if we were able to get something out of Howell in that game and show like, hey, you know, maybe there's a backup QB battle now, next year with him and Heineke or something like that. You know, I, I think, honestly, the thing that Howell needs to show us, if he starts, which has obviously hasn't been made official yet or anything like that, if no. he starts, I want because Ron didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. So the the biggest thing is I want to see some good plays. I want to see some. I don't even know how to how to put it because you know that Dallas is gonna come out and play because they're trying to get the division the divisional crown. So you know that they're gonna come right. out and play. So you know Michael Parsons is gonna be out there. You know all these other uh, players are gonna be. You know CD Lamb's gonna go off and all these different players, Dak and all and whatnot. But you know that Dallas is going to compete. So if he goes out there and he competes and makes it a thrilling game or at least shows us some flashes, that's good. But just think about the San Francisco 49ers. Think about the New England Patriots. Think about some of these teams that have multiple quarterbacks. You don't think it's a, it's a bad idea to maybe move up and get C.J. Stroud or even a Bryce Young or something like that. Now, I'm not saying move up to the third pick or the second pick. I'm talking about depending on how this pal, this past uh, – or excuse me, this week coming up finishes. Don't you think it would be a good idea to maybe draft another quarterback and then say, all right, we'll have this guy. You know, if Sam Howell wants to be a starter this year, okay, we can see how it goes. Taylor Honey can be the backup, and then we'll have – on the on the I don't know whatever squad you want to call it, not the practice squad because obviously you can be stolen off that. But you have C.J. Stroud or somebody, whoever you get, to be in the locker room and be with the you know the coaches and stuff like that. Now it depends on what coaches we have. Let's be honest here, but I just think that you look at those teams that have had multiple quarterbacks. They trade those quarterbacks for picks because they always they find their guy. I mean, look, look at Jordan Love; he wants to be traded if they don't move from from Aaron Rodgers. So it's like you just know that some of these situations can give you draft picks. So I don't think they should be out of the quarterback thing just because Sam Howell has one game. I mean, can Sam Howell be the future guy? Maybe, but that's obviously to be seen. Moving on, I did want to uh, get into, run through some some New Year's resolutions, Mike, for uh, each team. And I want to definitely get your thoughts on these. I've got one for each team. And I got to get the Christmas music going again because we're talking resolutions. So, I, look, I know it's not the Christmas show anymore, <laughs> but, you know, we're still hang, clinging on here a couple days into 2023. Um, so we will start with the Washington Capitals, Mike. My resolution for the Washington Capitals in 2023, find a way to bridge the gap between the old guard and the youth. It's something we've talked about on this show uh, countless times that the days of Backstrom and Wilson and Ovechkin are numbered. Uh, and now it's going to be about, all right, well, who are going to be the next faces of the franchise? How are they going to gracefully integrate these younger, the younger generation of caps without, you know, having to tank or, or, you know, be bad again. Yeah. And, and so that, that is, uh, and, and I think it really, honestly, I know Ovechkin's playing at a high level. I know the team's doing well. But I think it, this is a, a pretty crucial year for something like that. I think uh, not only this season, but the start of next season as well. Yeah, honestly, when you mentioned that, it's, it's a big thing for me too. Like, I honestly think that this was a resolution for me last year as well because they, they've, they've made some changes. Don't get me wrong. They made some changes. But I think it was a huge deal when Ted Leonsis came out and said, Oh, OV, we're going to stay competitive until you get that record, which means they're just going to fill gaps and stuff like that here and there, which I still think they should make sure that, like you said, they start filling in some pieces, get McMichael some more time, uh, you know, and, and get a bunch of, I mean, Fairvarius turn into a good player. So I just think overall you need to figure out ways to get younger 
but also stay competitive as they said before, which now that you're seeing it, some of the old guard that's still, I mean, Backstrom's still out, Tom Wilson's still out, and we've already won, what was it, like, at one point, was it 8 of 10 or something like that recently? So you're looking at it and saying, we can stay competitive, and that's even with two of our top guys out. But the biggest thing I think is, like you said, keep some of these younger guys influenced into the lineup because once you get more and more reps in the third and fourth line or either on the back two lines of the defense, then all of a sudden you start to become more acclimated to the NHL game rather than trying to get recalled up from the AHL and all that kind of stuff. It gives you more time. So I think, honestly, uh, what you said is perfect because they need to make sure they stay young but also as competitive. Moving on to baseball, the Washington Nationals resolution for 2023. I said they need some gems in the draft. You got a big number two pick in the first round for the first MLB draft lottery. That's a that is a crucial pick because this organization has obviously had some big hits in the draft. I mean, some can't yeah. misses obviously some of the first round uh, number one picks, but. Uh, you know, number two pick, you're still getting a really, really solid player. Yeah. There's a couple guys that they're looking at. Uh, I think for a rebuilding team, I think not only this upcoming draft, but likely this team is going to be bad this year, and they're probably going to have a pretty good one through seven draft pick the following year. Uh, I think it's really about these next couple drafts, uh, as well as obviously developing the young guys that are in the system that they draft, you know, the Elijah Greens and, and the guys they drafted in the years past. But this is big time. I mean, Rizzo... Obviously, he's not going to be around here forever. This is might be you know one of the highest picks he has before maybe he you know leaves or or you know they they change what's going on. I mean, who knows when new ownership right. supposedly will come in? Um, so I think this is going to be a really big pick, Mike. This number two pick that it's kind of like one of those things where you you have to hit this. You really you have to give the organization some continued hope that hey maybe we've got another Strasburg or Harper or, or Rendon or, or Turner. No, uh, they didn't draft Turner, but you know one yeah, of those yeah. one of those one of those big guys. You know, honestly, I think that that's a perfect resolution because of the sole fact that when it comes uh, to the draft, I think they honestly might talk to Pittsburgh and actually say like, hey, who are you thinking about? Give us three names just so we can kind of prepare right, ourselves right. because I mean. Let's be honest here. Pittsburgh. It's not like the, those two teams are going to be battling in the NLCS right. anytime. Right. So, I mean, but. you think about it. And just, I mean, they obviously have to talk to one another because if you're like third, then it's kind of hard to talk to two teams. And say, hey, give us a couple names that you're thinking of. But right, you right, know, obviously, right. there's you know a few uh, you know number one options for Pittsburgh. So you would think about you know who they actually might get. And I think Rizzo might talk to him and say, hey, you know, we're just trying to get our our head around the, the few names that we're thinking about and whatnot. Um, so give us a few names. I think that they'll work out that way. Um, but I'm mean, just looking at all the guys that we got uh, in the farm system now. And also like the a Abrams and all those different type of guys that are moving up here. Now you still got Luis Garcia, Victor Robles, if he wants to decide to hit one of these days, uh, you know, what, some of these guys that you see that are up at the club right now, those are going to be the guys that you hang your hat on when these other prospects come up from the actual uh, farm system. So in my opinion, I think that's a good resolution because when you're looking at the draft and also looking at some of the prospects coming up, I think you need to give Kay Cavalli, maybe some, maybe Jackson Rutledge some time in the majors and try to get those guys to start getting some, uh, getting some time up here because my biggest thing is I think within two years, by the time Juan Soto is a free agent, uh, two or three years here, I think it's going to be a whole different story for this ball club. So, yes, pop, pump the brakes a little bit. We're not going to be competitive for a year or two, but I think when it comes like 2025 or so, just watch out for this team. Yeah, I have up on the screen for those watching live, we got the uh, MLB's two, 2023 mock draft. And right now they have the Nationals taking uh, the pitcher out of Tennessee, Chase Dollander, uh, who – uh, yeah, they, I mean, they had say right here, he could be one of the best college pitching prospects in Strasburg and Cole. Uh, so we're talking a major arm. This was a guy that was throwing absolute gas. Uh, I mean, his Twitter clips were kind of must watch. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, the Nats have uh, obviously drafted some strong arms over the years. Some of them have worked out. Some of them haven't. Um, but we'll Quite see. A question I mean, for you, though, there. what I want to talk about yeah. with you is a question is, what would you prefer to draft? Because obviously this is a topic for another day, but 
I just wanted your quick thought, sure. which would be, what would you prefer to draft? Because I'm always a draft, a position player guy, mainly because... Yeah, I, I don't like drafting arms either. Yeah, because yeah. you can... I mean, if you have an owner that wants to spend money, you can go out and buy those pitchers, just like we've done in the past. We've got, right, right, We've right. gotten Max Scherzer. We've gotten Patrick Corbin. We've gotten uh, a few other guys for the bullpen. I mean, uh, Mark Melanson and those type of guys. So it's like, you're looking at that. I would rather get a position player that can go out there and, and right. have more days to improve i mean you think about a position player going out there and playing every single day in single a and double a and all that kind of stuff a pitcher going out there and throwing bullpen sessions and stuff like that, that's great but you know i think it's a lot better to get a position player because those are a dime a dozen because half of them are already locked up for 10 plus years yeah unless your organization is specifically known for being good at developing young arms yeah i'm with you because those guys you know, they kind of blow out their, their arms all the time yeah. in the minors and things like that. You see the guy who was a hot prospect in high school or whatever. I know this is this is a little different because this guy did pitch in college. It's not right, like you're right. drafting, you know, a guy in high school. Uh, but I'm with you. I, I like the position players because they also might be, if, if you know, the, with a good position player prospect, you know, you could deal that guy as well. I mean, like, you know, that's somebody you could work out later on. So, yeah, I, I'm definitely not a... Go draft the guy throwing a hundred necessarily. If it works out, it works out great. Yeah. But uh, for every Strasburg and Garrett Cole, there's Eric Fetty. So. <laughs> right. Um, Washington Wizards. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this one. Basically, my resolution for them is figure it out. Either you're going to go all in, you're going to go get a big name uh, in free agency, and you're going to really make a go of this, or blow it up and and tank and and go try to get a good draft pick and things like that. But being tenth in the East doesn't do anybody any good. Right. It really doesn't. So you're going to have to figure it out at some point. Now, I'm not saying um, that you know you fired fired. Uh, unsettled or anything like that like I, I think you give him more time but i think uh you know for for everything else i i think you, you might as well just start shipping off some of these players i, I think you got to blow it up at some point because what what you're doing right now isn't really working you're in 10th place. right i think that another big obstacle when it comes to gms is maybe when they go to like the owner or something like that and say honestly i'm telling you right now this is probably not gonna work this is this this is that or whatever the owner's like no, I don't want to do that because I don't want to lose money with the fans or or whatever. So I think that's also an right. option because I think a lot of the, I mean, geez, let's be honest here. I think a lot of the GMs would want to do that, but I don't think the the owners uh, want to lose that type of. It money. does depend on the owner. I'm with you. I, I think that's a big part of it. Uh, yeah, no, I I agree. I, I, obviously, Ted has to be right now. My opinion, Tommy needs to blow it up and then move move along with whatever you got because I mean, I would much rather watch the Oklahoma City Thunder or. I don't know, the New Orleans Pelicans or something like that at that point, getting all these young, talented guys and going out there and competing, just like your Detroit Pistons. You have a lot of young players, a lot of uh, players that have talent galore, but then you have situations like Washington here where it's like, oh, we just lost 11 of 13, and we're in, like you said, 10th place, and it doesn't really help us at all. So I choose to blow it up, that's just me. Yeah, I'm always I'm always a fan of it. Blow it up, but you have to do it correctly. Right. You can't be in the uh, always rebuilding yep. mode. And then last but not least, Commanders. Pretty simple here, Mike. I think you clean house at this point. I think nothing seems to be working. Uh, five straight losing seasons for Rivera. I think I saw. Um, so you know, nothing nothing is working. I mean, most coaches. There's a lot of coaches in this league that. They don't even their jobs don't last past you know three losing yeah. seasons, much less five. Uh, so you know this is a results league. If you're not getting it done, then you know then you're just not the guy to do it. So uh, my my opinion is just blow it all up. I, I <laughs> figure it out. Blow I mean, it. Honestly, up. that's the exact same thing I could say is, you know, you need a new owner, you need uh, a new coach, new offensive coordinator. I mean, even get rid of the defensive coordinator, obviously at that point, and then just honestly go in it. Like I mean. I think the biggest thing that I'm hoping for is to get a young blood head coach that's an offensive mind that knows what he wants to do, knows what quarterback will fit his system, all that kind of stuff. Now, I don't want a, a, a Cliff Kingsbury situation where he says he goes out and gets, you know, obviously Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray isn't that great, um, as well, at least my opinion is. But I, I want him to go out there and say, like, yeah, we need to go get a CJ Stroud. Like, trade the farm, CJ Stroud. I'll die with the ship if I need to. Like, that type of guy. Because I want a guy that's, that, that trusts his quarterback and not to waver back and forth like, oh, well, we're going to stick with the backup quarterback and all that. It's like all these different type of things. And like I said, an old codger type of guy. I don't want some some old man 
you know, that's sitting there crossing his arms. I'm, I'm so I'm not trying to rag on the guy, but like, let's be honest here. I don't want him sitting there crossing yeah. his arms and just like staring off into the distance, not knowing what the scenario is. He always looks like he barely knows <laughs> what's going on at any time. Yeah. No, he's Ron Rivera. It's so he looks like he's so checked out when you look at him on the sideline, like, and things aren't going right. He, he, he barely. I, we don't. We could spend an hour on this. Um, I'm, sure we'll, I'm sure we'll have an end of the season thing next week or something like that, or two weeks from now. That's <laughs> for sure. A season recap. Yeah. Uh, let's hit up the final lap. A chance to go over some bigger stories in sports and beyond. 90 seconds on the clock. Here we go. Uh, Tom Brady finds Mike Evans for three touchdowns and 207 yards. Hope you guys had him out there in your in your fantasy leagues, that's for sure, as the Bucks find their way to clinch the NFC South. I bet the under passing yards for Brady didn't work out for me. <laughs> Apparently not. Not if he had 207 just for Evans yep. alone. Uh, we already talked about this. TCU obviously upsetting Michigan. Georgia beats Ohio State. Sets up for a Georgia and TCU championship. Who you got? You know what? I'm going to go with TCU, honestly. I just think that T- TCU, okay, okay. I mean, Ohio State gave the blueprint to TCU. The Horn Frogs now know how to beat the Georgia Bulldogs because everyone said, oh, Ohio State, bet Georgia on this. Ohio State's not going to be able to score points, this and that, this and that. TCU went up against a top five defense in Michigan and just just ran train with 51 points. So I think I'll go with TCU in this one. But if you have to, go with TCU in the spread, which is like 13. Yeah, we'll, we'll give my pick later for sure. I might have thought that and loved that. Uh, a bent rim in this game. This is a weird one. In the Celtics-Nuggets game, 35 minutes for them to figure this one out, Mike. 35-minute delay. Imagine being there as a fan, sitting in your seat. 35-minute delay for your basketball game? If you game? can't play with a bent rim or uh, a leaning backboard or something like that, like we used to play out in the blacktops, I mean, let's be honest here. Oh, you wanted them to continue, not even fix it. <laughs> nope. They should just keep playing. Yep. Okay, that's a different yeah, angle. come on. You, uh, you're Steelers. a professional basketball player. Get out there and play on it. Mike's Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah. uh, they stay alive. Their playoff hopes, seven, second consecutive game-winning drive for the Steel City. Uh, kind of a, a couple fun scenarios at the end of the season here, obviously, as my Detroit Lions have a yep. playoff scenario heading into their Sunday. Uh, well, It's funny. I was saying uh, – uh, to, to my friend earlier, that if only Matthew Stafford was still healthy, yeah. because with Math, if Matthew Stafford had an opportunity to help the Lions make the playoffs, oh, yeah. that would just be such a great story. I bet, I bet he would I try mean, too. It would be he so still cool. loves Detroit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. But uh, obviously, Steel City, Mike, they're looking pretty solid right now. Yeah. Obviously, Jess is a huge Steelers fan, and I'm telling you, we're out, so it's like, who cares? But at this point, I'm rooting for the Lions for you, my boy. But at the same time, I don't think I've ever – well, maybe a couple times, but I don't think I've ever, like, been that in, invested in a game, especially last week's Steeler game too because, I mean, obviously they were both in prime time, and I, I bet on both of them, so obviously I'm always in the games that I'm betting on. But, I mean, I was intense. I was I – I was, I was, you know, when he zipped it in to Najee Harris on that last touchdown, it was pretty exciting, not going to lie. And then last but not least, this is non-sports, Mike. I want to show you what? this oh. uh, t- Tesla Cybertruck here. That's still a thing? Uh, <laughs> this is, this is Look the, at that thing. I, I mean, I, I don't think I've seen an uglier vehicle than, than <laughs> this. What are you going to put in that? Lumber? I mean, it's, it has got to be one of the ugliest cars I've ever seen. Let's get a okay. I don't need to see the underneath the wheel. Let's let's get another. Ooh. There's the front wow. view. I mean, <laughs> looks like a looks like I a, think it's a, one, looks like a, one of those transformers. It's one of those things where like I think they thought, oh yeah, this this looks really cool. This is <laughs> this is this is really cool. And then like they're, they're, everybody else is like, no, that thing's ugly, man. Like who's imagine driving around in that? That is that's embarrassing. Um, so you're you're yay or nay on that on the cyber. I'm gonna truck, go with right? a nay, but I mean, like I said, okay. you don't call it a cyber truck because it's like, I mean, whenever I see a truck, unless you're driving a Raptor or a really nice truck that you put nice wheels on, all this kind of stuff, that's not gonna be like a work truck. Like, don't get a truck if you're gonna if you're gonna not haul stuff in it, unless, like I said, it's going to be. Uh, one of those Ford Raptors or something of that nature, like the Call of Duty truck or the Shelby truck and all that kind of stuff. Like, right, right. Those are not really hauling type trucks. Like I'm not gonna go to Home Depot and get you know a ton of lumber and just throw in the back of a cyber truck. I mean that makes zero sense. I mean cyber th- th- truck. This thing feels like it's a 
it's it's the thing in GTA where like you can bounce up and like <laughs> like you know, you know. it looks it looks a lot like a GTA yeah, truck. Yeah, exactly. It was like a really tricked out GTA oh, truck. Yeah. Man, I got to I got to break out that game again. <laughs> uh let's hit up the trivia machine. We'll knock out this and then we'll do our money line draft picks. Uh but yeah, let's let's start with Mike's trivia corner. All righty. So, the DC crossover episode 137 trivia question of the week. It's a Georgetown men's basketball trivia question. Because we're not going to go with the Commanders because okay. the Commanders don't deserve it. Here it is, Ben. I think you could probably get this. Okay, I hope yeah, so. Yeah, me too. What team did the Georgetown Hoyas defeat in the 1984 men's basketball championship game? So I think this is the famous one. And I feel like... Georgetown against wasn't man like I feel like it was Villanova I feel like it was Georgetown Villanova Villanova final answer incorrect oh no was it UConn incorrect no was it Houston Houston hey. it was Houston okay go. okay okay good one good one man it was in the brain somewhere I'll give you Dang. a third of a coin ah so stupid <laughs> so stupid I mean I knew that because was that was that the Phi Slamma Jamma Houston team? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I wasn't born. Uh, uh, but I f- wasn't there a big Georgetown Villanova game, like a famous Georgetown? Because that was the Villanova. only championship, I believe, by Georgetown, right? They were in the yeah. Final Four a couple times. Allen Iverson, I think, took them to the Final Four, maybe, or the Elite Eight. 1985, Georgetown lost to Villanova. Ah, so what year was the thing that you're talking about? 84. Yeah, 84. Oh, so, okay. so I was okay. off by a year. I, I still gave you I still uh, gave you a third of a bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, no I, I appreciate that. <laughs> um okay, yeah, so it was the 1984. Okay, blah blah blah. All right. It was good. That was a good question. That was Thanks. a good question. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm tired of the of the football questions. Again, I don't know. I'm not you know, I wasn't uh, I didn't grow up a long-time Redskins fan. I don't know this stuff. Yeah. Um, but but the fans like it, so I'm totally fine looking like a fool for them. Uh, let's hit up the money line sponsored by DraftKings. No ad read this week, uh, but still support our sponsor DraftKings. And feel free to use our promo code DC Crossover. Uh, picks of the week. I will start. We talked about this game earlier. We'll start with my dog TCU plus thirteen and a half on DraftKings this morning. I mean. You're not going to get a juicier spread than that. Uh, TCU plus 13 oh, and a yeah. half. Are you kidding me? That is a uh, – it's almost a, a lock, but they're a dog. And then my lock, I'm saying Cowboys minus five and a half against the Commanders. I mean, we're thinking probably Sam Howell is going to play, but the Cowboys still have some stuff to play with, for. Um, so I feel like they're going to run away with this one. I mean, I, I would even say this is probably going to be – you know, uh, if we're like a 13 and a half uh, type spread, like uh, this is the Cowboys are going to destroy the commanders. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I mean, it's not really unfortunate. We're already out of it. So who cares? Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's be honest here. Um, I, I totally agree with the Cowboys, obviously. Um, minus five and a half, though. I mean, I thought that would be a little higher. Um, noticing that it will probably grow the closer we yeah. get. Well, noticing that the Cowboys are still I mean, because you could see some of these spreads, especially the one that I'm going to go with. Uh, here for my dog here in a second. You can see how inflated they are because of the implications for certain teams. Um, so, right. anyways, uh, my dog. I'm going to start with my dog. Arizona Cardinals plus 14 at San Francisco. Wow. Now, I understand that Arizona, they're playing like their seventh-string quarterback, and no one really cares about Arizona anymore. Kingsbury might be out. Um, is it Kingsbury or Kingsbury? They just covered this. They they just covered this week, didn't they? Yeah, because they put they, uh, they were playing the Falcons. So I think it was only a, yeah, tw- it was yeah, twenty to nineteen. That's true. Uh, some of that nature. Falcons are a little different than San yeah. San uh, Fran obviously <laughs> didn't play that great either in their game uh, no, against the Raiders. No. So you're looking at this um, and just saying Arizona plus fourteen. It's a big spread. You know, San Fran. They don't have a ton on the line, so I think that honestly, if they get like an injury or something like that, they'll still say, "Screw it, we're already in the playoffs, we're already having a home games, so let's just kind of cruise in this one." And I think Arizona might just like have a backdoor uh, cover or something like that, because I think this is a huge spread. Um, then going along with my lock, Jags minus six and a half over the Titans. I just think that okay. this is a win, okay. and you're in game for the Jags or the Titans. 
Uh, whoever wins this game wins the, the division. The Jags are on a hot streak. They've covered four or five. They have young guys on the roster. Trevor Lawrence is playing immaculate. He scored, what, like 57 points this week or something like that. It was unreal. And the Titans are just playing like like I was gonna say a cuss word, uh, but uh, held, held back. We're live now, Mike. Yeah. We're live. Yeah. Can't can't get his band um, already. On <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and and the Titans are just playing awful. Like I said, Jags have covered the spread for the last five weeks. The Titans have not covered the spread in four of the last five weeks. And the one time they didn't cover, the, or one time they did cover, quote unquote cover, was a push. So they still haven't covered the spread pretty much in the five of the five weeks uh, the, in the previous five weeks. So Jags minus six and a half, Arizona plus fourteen. Lock it in for the picks of the week. That is your DraftKings money line picks of the week. Next week we'll have another promo for for DraftKings heading into the wild card round. So looking forward to that. Um, besides that, people, I mean, we we definitely want to do more and more of these live streams. So we will tweet out or put out on on social channels when we are doing these. When we are, it will be likely Mondays around 6.30 p.m. Just Eastern wait until we time. do our drafts live. Ooh, that's going to be that's saucy. That, summertime summertime drafts kick back with a nice Truly oh, man. Uh, and a cinnamon roll. And, uh, you know, that's, we, we do need a good, like, pastry draft maybe at some point. I mean, there's – We there's did do those – did we do those live? Or no, we did the Final Fours live. Yeah, yeah, we did those live. So we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll do uh, – that'll be summertime, obviously. Um, but that, that'll be fun. So definitely stay stay tuned on all the social channels here uh, and catch when we do hop on live. And then also, if you want to catch clips of the program, go to TikTok, DC Crossover Podcast on TikTok. Mike puts out the clips there. And we've got some, some good engagement on the talk recently. Oh, yeah. uh, so we appreciate hopping. all those who – have been yeah talk talk is definitely talking. hey i'm telling you right now if you don't have tiktok i, I was gonna say something else <laughs> i mean i'm on fire right now uh if you don't have tiktok just go on there and and you don't even have to watch anything just follow the show on there and right, it yeah, helps right. us no out deal. and it takes two yeah, seconds and, and, and if you if you don't care about tiktok go on there and just like the videos because it helps our numbers as well honestly we've had like I mean, probably, jeez, I don't even know. Maybe the last five or six videos we've had blown up uh, with likes and stuff like that, which is great. Um, but the biggest thing is TikTok, like you said, shows all of our clips. Instagram, it's nice to have Instagram. That's just a side piece to this this whole entire ordeal. But TikTok is the one that gives us the likes, gives us views, all that kind of stuff, gives us more analytics. Instagram is just there. We don't care about Instagram. Yeah, no, Instagram for podcasts, I feel like, is just not – unless you're do, cutting all these crazy – promo clips and all this crazy stuff yeah. it's just not not worth it but so many places to find us we always talk about of course twitter at dc crossover and uh at sarone 16 if you want to get into some twitter fights with mike yeah. uh and then of course the shows on facebook and youtube as right well we appreciate the time hope you enjoyed the show we'll see you next week take us out john z dc crossover johnny